0: Today, this podcast is being recorded on Awabakal and Warramai land. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to remove the taboo around sex, periods and ethical non-monogamy in order to have more fulfilling and pleasurable relationships and lives. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a dietitian, nutritionist, sexologist, menstrual cycle guide and menstrual blood witch. If you love the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review so we can reach and empower as many sluts as possible. Let's get into this week's episode. Before we get into the episode today, I'd love to tell you all about my latest free resource that you can get access to via the show notes of this episode. It's called a guided meditation for the premenstrual phase of your cycle. And it's basically for anyone who menstruates and has a womb, I created it to support you through what can be sometimes the trickiest phase of our menstrual cycle. So check that out in the show notes. It's completely free. It's just an audio that you can listen to as many times as you like. I hope you find it valuable. Feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones in your community. Hello darlings. One last thing before we get into the episode, I just want to quickly chat about my one-on-one coaching Now, as most of you know by now, I am a nutritionist and a sexologist, so I offer both nutrition and sex coaching. I do also offer a sex and nutrition coaching hybrid. Now, not many people know this, but your nutrition and your diet can really affect your sex life and your relationships, and more than anything, the relationship with yourself. Hence why I created the Sex and Nutrition Coaching Hybrid to take a really holistic approach in order to get to the root cause of your health concerns or issues. So with the Sex and Nutrition Coaching Hybrid, I offer a package which includes six sessions at 90 minutes long each. And it also includes a bonus message support between sessions via a messaging app called Voxer. If you have any questions about any of these offerings, you can send me an email to gem at imawildgem.com or you can always just send me a DM on Instagram. These packages are a really great option because you're like fully committing. You're going all in. You're trusting me, you're trusting yourself, you're investing your money into your health. Directly. That's why I've chosen to create the package option because I really want people to commit because we can't just be doing one session here and there and expect everything to be okay and to get to the root cause of whatever's going on. We do need time and I think six sessions is a good amount for that. Obviously, if you need more sessions, you can just buy another package or you can purchase single sessions as well. So that's also an option. And before you sign up for the package, you can also choose to just do a one-off session on its own. So you can actually just see if we vibe, see if you like it before you commit to and invest in the package. But before any of that, if you're interested, I really encourage you to book a free 15-minute alignment call with me. Now, there are links to all of these things in the show notes of this episode and in every one of my podcast episodes so just head to you basically just scroll down and you'll see all of the links to everything. I also offer packages for sex coaching but nutrition coaching on its own is different so you would just book individual sessions so you'll book an initial session and then you'll have follow-up sessions after that one. All right let's get into today's episode. Hey babes! Today on the podcast we have Emily back. I oh know you're probably getting sick of her. Nah, just kidding. She's, I reckon, pretty hard to get sick of. Um, this conversation was another Sunday. Um, we're chatting today about foods that keep our hormones happy and nutrition to have a better period and menstrual cycle in general. We're also then going to chat about the effect of alcohol consumption on our hormones and also on our health in general. And then we also have a little chat about alcohol and socializing and kind of starting to get a bit curious about sobriety and maybe trying to go sober and challenging yourself in that way, then stick around because this is the episode for you. If you're in need of a little push to give up the grog or to reduce your intake and have a positive influence on your friends and your community, then please stick around and listen to this episode. It is fabulous. Enjoy it. All right, should we go into the next one? Yeah. Um, where are we? Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's chat about foods that keep our hormones happy. Mm-hmm. Foods to have a better period. What are oh, some yes. foods that menstruators simply must include in their diet?
1: I sing the praises of anything with omega-3 in it Mm. um they are anti-inflammatory across the body um inflammation is a normal body process we like it it brings nutrients oxygen to tissues But we don't want be
0: chronic inflammation (laughs) exactly
1: we want it to be effective and efficient we want that process to be like organizational management like easy peasy to the point not chronic Mm. low level um and our fat's provide the building blocks we need for um, creating our hormones, for fighting period pain, prostaglandins, so those compounds that actually cause contractions of the uterus, um, and protecting cognitive function, especially as we get older, uh, because estrogen is an incredibly important hormone for brain function and for folks assigned female at birth. As we go through the menopause transition, estrogen levels fluctuate, we want to make sure that those structures are in really good condition well before we get there. Um, mm-hmm. So things like walnuts, uh, fatty fish, so tuna, herring, salmon, uh, flaxseed, ideally ground so that we can actually get the yeah. omega-3 it out of Chuck in your it. smoothie. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Smoothies, salads. You can bake with it, top it on stir fries, um, soups, um, using canola oil. Now, this is a fun one me anyways because I derive joy out of um causing discomfort in some areas um <laughs> there's a lot of negative discussion around seed oils and how they're processed and they're toxic um you can eat canola as a flower if you want instead I guess but I don't want to so the oil is is perfect because I can just there's linen exactly um everyone leans in omega not omega oh my god Uh, leans into olive oil. I'm like, I love that for you. Olive oil is omega-6 and we get Mm -hmm. lots of that from our diet and omega-6 in high quantities is pro inflammation. We don't Mm -hmm. love that. So we, we like more omega-3 than Mm -hmm. omega-6. Canola oil. So if you're baking, if you're cooking. It's also got a really, really high smoke point. So it can do a lot more than something like the really cute flax oils or hemp oils. Uh, that have a really, really low smoke point. And Rice really bran
0: as well has protein. a high smoke point too, which I use. That's what nice. I use. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Mm. Um, and then fortified foods because some foods will put extra omega-3 in. So things like mm. eggs, as an example, they feed the chickens flaxseed and then omega-3 ends up in your egg. Um, or if you're using things like butter, or margarine, using options that maybe have omega three added, sometimes juices or cereals will pop it in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those can be ways to kind of sneak those in, um, magnesium is also a mineral. I really, really push with folks. It's a muscle relaxer. It's involved in muscle contraction. Um, and so it's perfect for period pain, um, things like almonds, chocolate, chocolate covered almonds. Um, Mm -hmm. Some animal protein foods, if folks uh, consume animal proteins, um, dairy products as well are really great options. For folks that don't consume animal products, typically legumes or other plant proteins can provide some magnesium. um, And so those can work really nicely. So things like peanut butter, um, you know, lentils, chickpeas, Um, And then vitamin D is another one that I often suggest for better periods as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important for overall immune function and get this, the vagina contains immune tissue. So when we get sick, we might notice that we're spotting more, we have more discharge, or if you're near your period, it might be a little heavier. Your body is literally fighting off infection in the Mm -hmm. same way the digestive system can do that. Um, And not to mention, the benefits that vitamin D can have on ovarian health um, actually supporting regular ovulatory function, higher quality of follicles and eggs. Um, Now typically vitamin D comes from more fortified foods uh, because there aren't a ton of foods that naturally contain buckets of vitamin D. We can get some vitamin D from um, fats. um, So things like butter, margarine, sometimes fatty fish, Sunlight can be a good source. It's a primary one. But a couple conditions. I'm a big SPF fan. I want to be a a glowing goddess all the way until I'm 100 years old because I am manifesting living till I'm 100 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) SPF is your best friend. Mm -hmm. um, And skin cancer is super, super common, especially in young folks. So please wear your sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sunlight might not always be accessible. So depending on where you live, I live in Canada, and we can't rely on sunlight between October to April because it's our winter. Um, And that means we have very, very little sun exposure. Um, And sometimes even too. like I'm looking outside my office window right now and the weather looks like shit. Um, It's just gross and kind of on and off rainy. There's not really much sun to be had there. Uh, so vitamin D is often one that I might suggest folks take a supplement for, but I would definitely chat with your own dietician, or if you happen to be in Ontario and you want to work with me, you can work with me, uh, <laughs> plug, um, or your GP <laughs> or whomsoever, um, and kind of figure out what dose works the best for you. Um, because it's common for me to see folks that are taking like these exorbitant amounts of vitamin D, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> we use that to treat deficiency yeah if I don't know also an upper
0: limit (laughs) babe.
1: right like there's a limit for a
0: reason Mm -hmm. Uh, it
1: stores in your body Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to use a high dose and that's been diet like that's been like prescribed you have a diagnosed deficiency your providers typically monitoring that so that you're not using that forever Um, for most other folks a low dose on a regular basis is is appropriate so Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one that typically ends up being some sort of supplement but those are the big three for me if you want better periods omega-3s magnesium vitamin d the trifecta yeah.
0: what would a low dose of vitamin d be would that just from be the ones you buy from the pharmacy like yeah those from my
1: yeah from my experience the low dose vitamin d's are ones you find in multivitamins Mm -hmm. Um, because those typically have a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So it seems to sit around the 400 to 600 international units. Um, Some of the high dose ones, um, when we're treating deficiency actively, we might be looking at like 10,000 units per week. Mm -hmm. Um, So the person's only taking that one time a week, or they're taking 5,000 a couple days of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, On most cases for folks that, need some extra vitamin d um but you know they have no reason to take a multivitamin they've got a lot of other nutrients on board from their diet um we might aim for you know between 600 and a thousand units yeah
0: okay awesome thanks for that um that that was really great, That those three. I think that's really easy for people to remember as well. I like the way that you sectioned all of that. That's really wonderful. Um, yeah. All right. We're going to chat about alcohol now, which is a bit rando, but this is something that I'm really passionate about talking about. Yeah, <laughs> because
1: absolutely.
0: The there's, Especially Australia. I don't know. Canadian culture seems to be similar. I think a lot <laughs> of Western cultures are like this, but we – and we drink too much, don't we? We binge drink. And too
1: often. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not even like it's a one once a weekend banger. It's a, I'm going to have a drink Four like times every a day. Yeah. Exactly. It, it was just wild to me.
0: Yeah. And developing brains as well. Like I was drinking from when I was, well, actually very young. My parents would sometimes give me a tiny, it was only a teeny tiny bit, but still, mm-hmm. but um, I was probably 16 when I started binge drinking you know and your brains still developing and mm-hmm. we should not be drinking alcohol at that age but we're all going to fucking do it anyway <laughs> yep. so we need to educate yep. about this um so if you're a young person or if you're an older person be listening um mm-hmm. so we're going to chat about alcohol as someone who's quit drinking you know over 2 years ago now i you know i've maybe had about four drinking occasions since then um and i've just been reflecting i guess on the impact That binge drinking had on my life, especially as someone with chronic migraine and with mental illness and ADHD, it just exacerbated my anxiety, exacerbated my depression, exacerbated OCD, exacerbated everything. You Mm -hmm. know, alcohol and chronic migraine obviously do not mix well. Like what is the maximum amount of standard drinks we should be having on just one occasion? Which yeah, I love day. this question.
1: Yeah, because the guidelines have recently changed. Um, I know they? that they have, yes. Mm. So I believe they changed over in I think it was in Canada first, because I had this conversation. Okay. With so it's a, global, um, a
0: global change by the, the I'm World hoping Health Organization.
1: So. Okay. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Um, it seems to be that it stemmed with Health Canada, so I'm not entirely okay. sure, but I, I did have a conversation with another dietitian out in um Oh, where is she? She's out in kind of the New Zealand area. Um, But I can't remember. Anyways, uh, the guidelines have changed. So they used to be um, for folks assigned male at birth, no more than, I think it was no more than three drinks a day, no more than 15 per week. And you couldn't do all 15 in one go. Mm -hmm. And for folks assigned female at birth, it was no more than two drinks a day, no more than 10 per week the guidelines have changed to be no more than two drinks per week for everybody
0: per A week
1: drop. Per Holy week. fuck.
0: I'm so happy to hear this. I haven't heard this. Me I'm hearing too. it for the first time from you and yeah. I'm so fucking happy.
1: <laughs> it's so Hi, amazing for me in the way mm. that I talk to people about healthy behaviors. Yeah, It's also incredibly surprising to me how many folks mm. that I see that are surprised or even angry about it because of yeah. the way we've been socialized to use and consume alcohol i had this conversation with a coworker last night at the community event um in that we as volunteers we were allowed to go get a bar ticket if we wanted a beverage um and we're walking around we're waiting for food for us and um my my coworker was like oh you know haha we could go we could go get a beer and it said oh no i'm okay i have to drive home tonight um and, and she goes well you one beer is probably not going to be an issue. I said, well, I've been sober for a year train training for championships. So I don't know what my tolerance is going to look like now. And I have to yeah. drive home tonight. Mm-hmm. I have like a 25 minute drive. That's not potentially safe. No thanks. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh my God, no way That's I'm like, why is it so weird for people to be sober? Like I have a bar cart in my house. I don't think I've touched for like a year and a half just because I don't have the same interest in, in examining relationship to alcohol, and I think that's a big piece of it. Where does it fit for us? We yeah. ask a lot of hard questions around why do I consume alcohol and where where does it fit? Um, alcohol as a kind of health aspect. Um, I, I always like to start from a metabolic health piece. Alcohol kind of butts in line when mm. we think of metabolism. So our body has to process alcohol first. It's a toxin to the tissues. It damages the tissues. It's gotta go first before anything else. So your carbs, your proteins, your fats, your meds, your hormones, alcohol goes first before anything. So depending on the person and the context of their day, that means blood sugar and insulin function get wacky as hell. So we might see huge cravings, their energy levels are crap. They have really poor exercise recovery. They're not sleeping well. Um, and and so you know from that metabolic piece, alcohol does us no favors. Um, it, there was a study in 2017 published in the Journal of Alcohol Research that showed that um, chronic alcohol use increases uh, gonadotropin releasing hormone, or GnRH. They listed as LHRH, where mm-hmm. um, LH and our testosterone, and increases estradiol or estrogen and our FSH. And so we talked about heavy periods being related to potentially that estrogen um, and that long-term fertility status was impacted. So when we think about the jobs of those groups of hormones, you've got less, um, you know, testosterone that helps with libido, helps with muscle health, helps with energy levels and mental health, less LH to help with ovulation. In folks assigned female at birth, we might see lower libido. We might see uh, lower energy levels, more brain fog. And then we've got these higher estrogen levels that are making periods heavier. They're potentially ovulating really weird. Um, the, the uterus is less of a viable environment, potentially for folks assigned male at birth. It might look like, again, reduced libido. We might see poor testicular function, um, difficulty maintaining or achieving an erection or orgasm. Um, and, and even though their estrogen levels aren't as high, When we see an increase, we might start to see potentially higher risk of hormone-related cancers. So folks who are assigned male at birth are still at risk for things like breast cancer. That's not a cancer you're immune from because you have a penis and testicles. You also have breast tissue. Um, And so from a hormone perspective, alcohol also is not helpful. Um, alcohol also disturbs the gut microbiome, literally our digestive system. Yep. Um, and that's so heavily involved in our nutrient absorption mm. and our hormone metabolism. Um, I've had, when I did my internship working in my placements in, uh, surgery and in ICU, we had folks with, you know, end stage liver disease that we, the first line is to ensure supplementation because their bodies are starved of anything other than alcohol and then having to watch them go through a detox process. That's so incredibly challenging and their body is starving through the whole process, trying to kind of put this together. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and food intake in and of itself is disrupted, right? We're, we're consuming alcohol. It's making us feel full. We're potentially distracted. We're not eating at all. And so there's not even energy for us to do all of the things yeah. Alcohol acts as a diuretic, so we're dehydrated, you know the whole breaking yeah. seal type of thing, and yeah. then you pee once and you pee 16 more times before the end mm-hmm. of the night. Um yeah. so we're not hydrated either.
0: And all the sugar and, we're consuming as well with like mixers right? and things like that too.
1: Absolutely. We've got, you know, sugar impacting dental health cuz yeah. bacteria. Always use a fucking straw, please. <laughs> always, 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 always. Um, yeah, increased risk potentially if a person is immunocompromised and we have a lot of sugar in urine, we might see risk of urinary tract infections, yeast infections, sugar does not in and of itself cause those things, but in a person whose immune system is compromised, it can, Um, we see, you know, again, that displacing of nutrients, we might not be able to tune into hunger and fullness. And those hormones are a whole other conversation. Uh, We don't sleep well when we consume alcohol. We do not hit REM sleep or rapid eye movement. So our sleep is not restful. Mm -hmm. Uh, We wake up exhausted um, and our body has to change the way that it manages our sleep hormones. So prolactin, melatonin, cortisol, and long-term patterns of poor sleep mean fatigue or stress levels higher. That's why we get
0: hangovers and feel like shit because we're not getting a good night's sleep.
1: And then potentially irregular periods because mm-hmm. your body's got so much cortisol and its prolactin is all fucked up that your body's like, are we lactating? No. Huh. Okay. Well, fight or flight. No babies. Um, yep. Alcohols are carcinogen. I said what I said. Mm-hmm. If you consume alcohol, you are at risk of cancer. Yep. I that 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 is the data everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's organic or whether it's sulfite free. Yeah. drinking organic
0: red wine does not exempt you from cancer you you (laughs) could
1: still get cancer it Mm. doesn't matter if you're a weekend warrior and you juice cleanse and you do hot yoga and you sweat it all out the next day if you binge drink if you drink you are at risk of cancer that's that um and I'm a big advocate in those situations because I find for a lot of people when we talk about okay these are all the risks of cancer I also want to give people a lot of of grace. We talk about grace a lot. Um, I'm a big advocate for sober curiosity. Alcohol is a social lubricant, right? We've talked about how humans want to connect with other people. We want to feel safe and welcomed. Mm -hmm. We're taught that we'll be funner. We'll be cuter. We'll be more desirable. We're sexier. We're popular. Oh my God. Everybody just absolutely wants you when you're drinking.
0: Yeah.
1: When we start to really, really think about what alcohol does for us, if it does anything for us it opens up to considering where and if alcohol is actually serving us right is it keeping us disconnected from having tough conversations with partners like are we using alcohol as a way to have sex because we are not comfortable yet just communicating boundaries mm-hmm. around what we do like what we don't like are we hanging out with friends that are super pressury and don't let us be our authentic selves Do we need better coping strategies for a really high stress job? Um, You know, do we need to, you know, seek help in other avenues around body image when we use alcohol, all these big things that don't expect a person to become sober, but set some conditions around, you know, what would it be like? to be sober what would it be like if alcohol wasn't such a big element of your life and why is el- alcohol such a big element mm. right just kind of asking the questions of why and tell me about that and what's your Literally journal
0: right? whip out your journal and just write like, oh yeah reflect and you will be horrified <laughs> you'll be like uh-huh. oh I'm <laughs> avoiding this conversation I'm avoiding that social anxiety I'm avoiding speaking my truth I'm avoiding being assertive I'm avoiding mm-hmm. actually having control over my behavior because I like risk taking because I'm looking for the dopamines, yep. you know all these things oh, yeah. like that. And and then it also like we might end up fucking someone that we're gonna regret fucking. We might make yeah, and decisions. even people that we MSTi. don't. Want.
1: <laughs> yeah, any people even that we don't really want to mm. fuck, but we just want mm. to be fucked by somebody. We want to mm. feel like we deserve to be fucked, right? Yep. That we've we've got somebody that it they fit the gap it's not really what we wanted but that's and this was where when I'd emailed you and said hey we should talk about nutrition and kind of sexuality and porn relationships mm. this will be another aspect of that mm. um that when we examine our relationship with alcohol we are also examining our relationship with pleasure um and so that is something that I do know for sure we are going to talk about in more great
0: absolutely depth. I'm so excited <laughs> for that conversation because fuck me like Alcohol is so pleasurable and that's why we get hooked on it. even though it makes us feel like shit for sometimes days mm-hmm. after, we will happily be anxious the next day and having a panic attack just so that we yep. can have a lit night out, have some threesomes, have some fucking drugs, whatever we want to do, make yep. poor decisions, be a bit silly, woo, you know, feel yep. free and liberated and woo, I don't give a fuck about anything. And then the next day you feel like, shit, we, what, why? You could yeah. literally go out. I used to go out and when I first stopped drinking, I had a friendship group that I don't hang out with anymore, but they were a group of tradies and they loved going out and getting on the piss. And I thought it was so fun to watch them from a sober through a sober mm-hmm. length. And I would literally take a cacao because cacao has caffeine. It's very yeah. energizing. It, you know, wakes me up. So I would literally take like cacao in like a jar like this in my bag. Like I'm such a freak. Um, sometimes kind of hot, warmish, sometimes cold. And I would drink that throughout the night. And it honestly, I felt like I was drinking because when mm-hmm. you're around that environment, your brain, there's actually research on this as well. Your brain thinks that you're drinking. Yeah. And that's why, we're, yeah. We're basically and creating the
1: conditions of pleasure. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And then sometimes the next day there's been, I, I can't name any studies, but I remember reading studies a few years ago that uh, people who go out sober with their friends and they dance all night and they do all the same things, they're sweating, you know, whatever, they were still waking up hung, like feeling hungover the next day, even though they were sober. And that's probably because they're sweating a lot and they're not replacing their electrolytes. Yep.
1: They're dehydrated. Yep. They're, they're not caught. sleeping
0: properly because yep. they're getting their system all worked up. Probably close mm-hmm. to, to before bed, they're not winding down, and also yeah. because their brain is tricked into thinking they are drinking because they're around, they're in that environment, that social environment. Exactly. But you're not exactly. you're not putting cancerous shit in your body though, so that's cool.
1: exactly. And <laughs> you're probably having a lot more of a fun time that you get mm. to watch other people make. I we talked about it's this kind last of funny. night because yeah. people show up to some of these events just absolutely. Blastered. And I can't really? it. And I so I joked that it was so funny to spend other people's money in an auction when they've had, you know, alcohol to lubricate their wallet. Mm-hmm. So fun. Um, but you watch them and you're like, <laughs> okay, that's what the human body just does. In in those contexts. Like you, the way people like wobble around and you're like uh, and they don't even cere-
0: realize how fucking cooked they look. They just you're think like, they're walking normally.
1: And you're like, yeah. your, your cerebellum has just been pickled.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> like zero bush. motor function. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh god. <laughs> it's
0: so good. It's actually so hilarious and it's so entertaining. Like, I really just want to like challenge all of you listening to just have one sober night and maybe even don't tell anyone that you're not drinking yeah. and you don't and you don't need to tell happens. anyone. Just see what fucking happens and you will have some stories, my friend, and you will fucking feel so on top of the world because you remember everything, you know, yep. you remember your entire night, you make good decisions and you go fucking home and you wake and up the great. next day and you're like, I had a great night and I didn't fucking put carcinogens in my body.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly, a whole new era.
0: that's a big sleigh (laughs) oh I loved that that's amazing I hope you enjoyed part 4 in this series with Emily I think it was part 4 Maybe it's part five. Fucked if I know at this point we've had so many parts to this series. And guess what? We've got one more next week. That's right. The final part in this however many long series with Emily the Period RD is next week. You can find Emily on her Instagram at Emily the Period RD. And just a reminder that RD stands for Registered Dietitian, which is what Emily B. Now, that's a little bit different in Australia. So Emily, as you all know by now, is from Canada. And in Australia, we have an APD so accredited practicing dietitian so it's kind of the equivalent to an RD so I'm currently a provisional APD and in I think like a few years like about three years I'll be an APD Um, so I have to like go through a mentoring process and have a mentorship with a mentor for 12 months and I also have to do 30 hours of CPD um, which is basically just like You know, when you do like research and like keep up to date with what's going on in the dietitian world, um, refreshing my knowledge, all that shit. So I have to do 30 hours of that a year as well. And I have an amazing mentor that I've just started working with um, a couple of months ago. Her name is Amanda Hoon and she's a PCOS dietitian. Um, You might see me share some of her work. On Instagram if you have PCOS definitely check her out she's amazing and yes late um remember you can book nutrition coaching with me as well I sort of would say I'm more interested in like disordered eating or eating issues for neurodivergent disabled folks and I'm also interested in obviously the intersection between mental health and eating uh, also hormonal nutrition, period nutrition, menstrual cycle nutrition, sex and nutrition, all those things. But I can also help you with allergy stuff, intolerance stuff like diabetes, like any medical conditions that you might have where you've been put on a special diet by a doctor. Then you can see me for any of those things. Um, I treat a broad range of different health conditions and also gut issues as well if you have like IBS or you're very sensitive to FODMAPs and you want to like work through that then yeah just head to the show notes and you can book a free 15 minute alignment call with me and that will be a nutrition one or the sex and nutrition coaching hybrid option if that suits you Just have a read on my website and you can see all the things that I can help you with during the nutrition and sex coaching hybrid sessions. If you're wanting PMDD or PME support, please select the sex coaching session option. And likewise, if you would like menstrual cycle support and guidance, then also select the sex coaching option. I'm just sticking with that for now. And in future, I might create another coaching option, but... now we're just keeping it sex coaching everything is coming under that um so yes also don't forget that i am hosting a free event in a few weeks so make sure you jump on my email list you can do that via the link in the show notes just click on the website link and a little pop-up box will come up and then you can sign up to join my email community and make sure you also join the Blood Slut Community Facebook group. Just jump on Facebook and search Blood Slut Community and you just have to fill out a few quick questions and then I will let you in. I'm also relaunching Blood Magic in a few short weeks so make sure you head to the show notes if you're curious about that and you can have a read of the page on my website all about blood magic it takes you through the course curriculum the program curriculum rather because it's a program now not a course and just a reminder that we will be doing monthly group coaching sessions within blood magic i'm super pumped and excited to relaunch this program because i put my heart and soul into it last year and it is so transformative And you can watch a testimonial um, when you click the blood magic link in the show notes and you can see for yourself. But the overall purpose of the program is to really help you and support you and guide you in having a more intimate and loving relationship with your body, but in particular with your womb, so your uterus and all of your reproductive organs and also your pussy, so your vagina, your cervix, your vulva, and then also just all of your body because it's really grounded in self-love practices, self-soothing practices, nervous system regulation practices, and there's a lot of like movement, dancing, breath work, tapping, cord cutting, moon ritual blood ritual manifestation it's everything you need and want to connect with your menstrual blood and with your womb and your pussy and it's literally at your fingertips and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode or any future episodes and remember to leave a review or a rating okay love you all see you next week bye